0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 717, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 9th. Welcome to the comic Against podcast. This is episode 717. I'm your host Adam Chapman. This is our weekly reviews episode. Uh, this time we're looking at books from the week of Wednesday, the 9th of October. i um, recording this on the 17th. So uh, what better time to uh, finally put a bow on the books from the 9th than a week later, week and a day. Um, so today, um, just taking a quick look at some of the books that came out, but I am not actually chatting about on this episode. Uh, some of the highlighted releases that I wanted to at least mention include Age of Conan, Valeria number three, Batman Universe number four, Batman and the Outsiders number six. Um, actually, I want to say I'll just say the new issues of these titles would be a little bit faster. Catwoman, Contagion, Detective Comics, Doctor Doom, Event Leviathan. Oh my god, it's almost over! I feel like I've only read issue one. Maybe that. Maybe I am just that far behind. Uh, Future Fight first, White Fox. Uh, Gotham City Monsters Gwenpool Strikes Back haven't read that yet uh, and sorting of on issue three, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Hawkman, Invaders, Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity, Joker, You're the Villain, Journey to Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance, Justice League Odyssey, Loki, Magnificent Ms. Marvel, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple, Star Wars Target Vader, Supergirl, Superman, The Batman's Grave, The Flash, Web of Black Widow, Wonder Twins, and Wonder Woman. So, what am I talking about today from the week of the ninth? first up, we're talking about absolute carnage uh, miles morales uh this is issue number three um which i first of all love the cover uh i think it's fantastic the cover is by clayton crane of course it is if you look at it it just i don't know what it is but clayton crane's artwork but it's extremely identifiable uh so you look at this and you know right away that this is clayton crane um it's a you know pretty crazy art it takes place after absolute carnage number three it's written by saladin ahmed who obviously is the current miles morales writer which definitely helps to kind of make the book matter more or feel like it matters more although i kind of wish that it was just a tie-in in in the main book but whatever uh artwork by federico vicentini um i thought this was pretty crazy like you have the kind of the the doppelganger look um you know it starts just trying to eat into um uh, J. Jonah Jameson you have Miles Morales Miles trying to fight it and you no, know, not kill and try to fight against the symbiote which I thought was cool to kind of show how power, how strong of a personality Miles can be as he tries to fight this um, I liked uh, Jonah and uh, Silver Sable's interactions uh, but a lot of this again is, is Miles Morales Miles fighting against symbiotes and also fighting against himself and um, which I thought was pretty cool. Having J. Jonah Jameson get absorbed by a symbiote was kind of crazy as well, Uh, and an interesting visual, that's for sure. I don't know if it really means as much because Jonah as a character doesn't have as much of a connection with Miles. Uh, It was still interesting to see, but I think that Peter fighting uh, J. Jonah Jameson who was infected by a symbiote would have mattered more, would have felt like it was more consequential and less incidental, which is what it felt like here. Um... Interested in the finale of this, which kind of has Car- uh, Miles Morales willingly taking on the kind of these these symbiote pieces. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm going to give this issue a seven. It was decent. Uh, I like the art and the story's okay, but it didn't really blow me away either. But it was it was good. It was you know I actually maybe i may even saying it's too much? I feel like it's maybe a six and a half. I know I, I'm used to the old uh, when I used to work for Comic Stream which is probably at least nine years ago since I wrote wrote anything for them uh, but I, I wrote there for five or six years and we always did um, a story you know out of five art out of five and then my idea was okay I'll add those two things together divide it by two and that's my overall um, so I feel like on this one like the art kind of is stronger than the story I'd probably give it a four out of five for the art but maybe a three out of five for the story uh, I guess it's a, yeah I guess it's a seven you know seven's probably fair um in terms of how I'm kind of going with this, I think that's probably makes sense. Uh, next up is so that was a that was a seven. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man 31. Um, it's interesting. So I'm a big fan of obviously of the Amazing Spider Talk podcast which I've never been on, but I've had Dan Gavazan on. I'm trying to think. Three, four, five, six, seven, I want to say six times. Uh, he's been on every anniversary show since the 300th, plus he made his first appearance in 298. So he's kind of an anniversary guest, and uh, great. I, I really like their podcast, and so I listened to them talk about Absolute Carnage Part 2, which is the, well, at least the name of the crossover here uh, in The Amazing Spider-Man in Issue 31. It's Nick Spencer writing it with um, Ryan Otley on pencils, Cliff Rathburn... Rathburn on inks and Nathan Fairburn on colors and I feel like they were a little bit more bullish on this than I was um, I like the flashback components of this issue um, as you although it's you know got this weird Kindred character kind of talking about uh, Norman etc so I, I didn't find that as interesting for me but I did I, I, I don't know it's just such a weird book because you have Spider-Man fighting against the carnage that's the, the you know the carnage symbiote that's, that thinks it's osborn But it doesn't really make it feels like it ends up meaning something, like because I don't know, I forget where we are in the Absolute Carnage actual book, but this time just feels like it's weirdly without context because we don't get to see a lot of what Peter's actually thinking or like what's really going on here. Like it's all in his mind, but I just feel like this it it feels like a weird fight because he's having this fight with Carnage, but it just kind of plops us in here because again the context is in a bit different book of which Spider Man is a bit is a supporting player but not a main character, and we have. You know, a lot of what we. It definitely looks like we're getting a better sense of who Kindred actually is. But again, that doesn't even ring true for me just because, I don't know. The way the character looks and the weird accoutrements, like I don't even know if I buy what seems to be so obvious here in the writing. I don't know. But I like the flashback story. I just feel so confused by how I'm supposed to feel about this issue in general. And I feel like it's got pieces of an issue or of different issues all kind of cobbled together but not necessarily a good coherent narrative. I don't know. I'm going to give it a 7. It wasn't bad by any means. Um, just kind of left me confused and about how I felt about it and how I was enjoying it. And last but not least, I have Powers of Ten, or Powers of X, as I keep wanting to say, because Powers of Ten just doesn't come naturally. Um, this is by Jonathan Hickman, R.B. Silva, um, and Pepe Larraz, and we've got Marte Garcia and David Gurriel, sorry, Curiel on colors, and Virtual Calligraphies, Clayton Cowles on letters, with Tom Muller on design. Uh, and this is the big ending. You know, this is this is the ending of this this two series that are one that reframe the, the Marvel Universe. Um... And uh, I really enjoyed it. It's definitely kind of is kind of depressing, and kind of ends the the overall narrative, and and ends what humanity really is, or mutanity, and what it really means, and and what things can mean in the future. And uh, you know, I, it's interesting that a lot of what we've been seeing was really the sixth life of Moira, and what that means. And I I like the connotations that it kind of breaks Charles and. He has to figure out a way to kind of figure things out. And, um, yeah, it's really fascinating. And and I'm excited to see where we go from here. And this is the first time where we actually get to see Moira in current continuity. um, Because she hasn't been around. And, uh, no, it's very interesting. And I also love the idea here that how basically terrified but in a calm, collected way Moira is of the idea of ever bringing Destiny back. And I feel like that's eventually the end. Um yeah, no, I, I think this is really interesting and this was a great book, great series. It's yeah, that and that last shot of the issue where you just have well not the last shot, but I guess the third last page when you have Charles and Magneto and you have all the fireworks behind, behind them and then just standing together and it's a great pose. Magneto's pose feels very classic Magneto, but Xavier's feels odd just because he's never usually standing, and just Magneto looking up and saying, just look at what we have made. And uh, it's just such a great moment. And then the next page, where it kind of feels very much like the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, because everyone's celebrating, and you have them kind of living in the trees and stuff, and and Charles is saying, yes, let them try. It's fantastic. And I'm excited for Dawn of X. And I haven't read the first issue of X-Men yet, although I do have it in my hands. I thought this was great. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9, like an unabashed 9. Like, I've enjoyed it all. I'm so excited for where the X-Men are going, and it's made me more excited than I have been in years. Um, And I think that's true for a lot of people. So I think that's, you know, a good thing that people hopefully are going to care about the X-Men again. And it's been a while, you know, ever since Bendis took over Avengers, it was kind of the Avengers show at Marvel. You know, they were they were the franchise. Part of it's that he was kind of able to retool it and make it exciting because the Avengers were always around, but they were never a list. Like for some reason, they were never given enough attention or enough love. And then he kind of came on and brought the most popular characters on the Avengers which hadn't ever really been done. You finally had Spider-Man and Wolverine on the Avengers. And then from there, the Avengers took off. And then they had movies, and the Avengers are the franchise. And yet, the X-Men paid the bills for years. And it's nice to finally see them given their due respect again. Uh, Looking at uh, the week of the 16th, so stuff I'll hopefully be talking about in our next episode include Absolute Carnage Avengers, Absolute Carnage Scream, uh, we've got uh, what, Absolute Carnage vs. Deadpool, Aquaman, Batman, Black Panther, and the Agents of Wakanda. Captain America, Captain Marvel, uh, which is a big issue eleven, which I talked about, well, I alluded to this issue, I haven't read it yet. When I talked to uh, uh, Kelly Thompson in our last episode, episode seven sixteen. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely go check it out. As we talk about Captain Marvel, uh, you have new issues of Crazy, Flash Forward, Gardens of the Galaxy, History of the Marvel Universe. I can't believe I haven't actually read that book, but I know it's tailor made for me, uh, or for someone like me who just loves continuity and loves seeing all the pieces click together. Uh, I uh, got Lucifer, Metal Men, Nightwing, Savage Sword of Conan, Spider Man, uh, the Abrams series, Superman Year One, Superman Smashes the Clan, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall, Teen Titans, Titans Burning Rage, Wonder Woman Come Back to Me, and X Men. Um, speaking, I saw in, a news item, I think on the news around it today, about um, the. Night there was a, uh, I guess a dollar comic, and they don't call it True Believers, obviously, at DC, but they have a dollar comic, a reprinting of um, one of the chapters of Nightfall, the one where um, Batman's back is finally broken. And uh, so I bought it for a dollar, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I, I mean, I own it in trades, but I was like, you know, I I picked it up thinking, oh, I can throw this at my son. And I was like, this is pretty violent to give to Zach. I don't think I can. But I don't know. I, we'll see. Because uh, at the same time, like I remember reading this, when I was really young. And I guess I was maybe 10 when it came out. So, I mean, he's 6. But I don't think he'd process it as being that violent. Because as a kid, and I think if it was a comic done today, it would feel more violent. At the time, I feel like it felt more just like a fight. Um, it wasn't. If you were too young to realize exactly what's happening, you wouldn't realize it. Anyways, apparently two of the pages are misprinted, which I'd have to go back and check it because I hadn't even looked at it. So apparently um, you know, they're, they're sending it out to retailers and encouraging retailers to exchange their cop- be able to let customers exchange copies. So I'm hoping that happens. So I'm hoping that uh, my store gets it and I can exchange it. Anyways, uh, you can email me at comicshenedigans at gmail.com, rate the show on, on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.